What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. Next, there was a video package taking a look back at Cody Rhodes' return to WWE last year, as well as his injury, and I feel like this is telegraphing that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, and I think that's something most people believe anyways, uh, so I guess it doesn't hurt to do this. So yeah, I guess it doesn't hurt. No, no, I guess I'm not going to really, I'll try not to complain about this one. I'll try not to criticize, criticize this one. I will... Uh, I will keep my uh, cheery demeanor. <laughs> uh, damage control then come out to the ring, and Bailey says they need to address the Irish elephant in the room before getting interrupted by Becky Lynch. Becky tells Bailey to shut up, you dope, and that it took years for her to get out of someone else's shadow, but it only took her a year to put herself right back into one. Becky then challenges Bailey to another match tonight, but Bailey laughs it off and offers Dakota Kai and Io Sky up instead. Becky says she doesn't have time to find a tag partner, but agrees to a match against them both and walks to the ring. Becky Lynch versus Damage Control. Halfway through the match, Mi Chin or Mia Yim comes out to join Becky Lynch as her partner. And just as a brief aside here, they gotta make up their mind on what her name is. Because... They're not using Mi Chin as a nickname. They're, uh, it says Mi Chin on Titantron. They're calling her Mi Chin. Is it Mi Chin or is it Mia Yim? I would like a decision to be made. Because it seems like Mi Chin is the direction they, are, they, they want us to start going in. But then they keep saying Mia Yim. And it's like, well, Mia Yim is what I'm used to calling her. So if you're going to call her Mia Yim, I'm going to call her Mia Yim. If you call her Mi Chin, I will abide by that. I will start to call her Mi Chin. Could you please make up your mind? Okay, that was just a brief aside. Uh, Meechin gets the hot tag and brings the offense to damage control. Becky Lynch eventually gave her focus to fighting off Bailey, though, which allowed Dakota and EO to get the win when Becky wasn't looking. I don't know what it was about this match for me. I just had a tough time focusing on this match tonight for some reason. Am I just in a bad mood tonight? I don't know. If you listen to all these shows, usually it's like, I liked this, I liked that, here's what I liked about this, here's what I liked about that, and I, I, feel, like a, I feel like a big negative Nancy tonight. I, I, maybe it's just me. It's me. No, I can't sing that song on a podcast. I'll probably get, I'll probably get charged a bunch of money. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I had a tough time focusing on this match for some reason. I don't know, I don't know what it was. I think... I'm just someone who really wants more story and I and I not just a promo. I need more story and I I I I want a little more here. I don't know. I wanted more here rather than just like let's fight. I don't know. I I think it would have been more effective if we're if we're doing Becky and Bailey again or if that's going to be like one of the finals of the Royal Rumble. I'd like a little more I don't know. I, I I think that they need they need to add a little more fire to this. And and I know she tried by by talking about or they tried by you know Becky talking about how uh, 
Bailey has always been in the shadow of Sasha Banks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just had a tough time focusing on this match for some reason. So we'll move on. Uh, Seth Rollins was interviewed about his U.S. title match against Austin Theory later in the night. We'll get to that in a sec. Uh, and then after that, Byron Saxon attempted to interview Alexa Bliss and asked about what happened earlier in the night. Uh, talked about how she had lost control, and Alexa said she didn't lose control. She gained control over Bianca's headspace and that the Raw women's title belongs to her. Like I said earlier in the night, this is a good refresh for Alexa Bliss so far. It's making her seem like a tougher competitor. It's making her seem like she's got an evil streak again, and I am into it. After that, Dominic reflects on being arrested. He's in a white room while wearing white clothes. He's got a teardrop now. Says that he served hard time and survived. Prison changes a man. And you guys might think that it's over for me, but nah. I'm just getting started. I love that he had the teardrop tattoo. I love that he's acting hard now. Um, you know, I think this was my favorite part of the show. One, because... Just if you watch The Office, anyone who's ever watched The Office, uh, when you when you heard Dominic talking about <laughs> when you hear Dominic talking about what prison was like, all you can think of is Prison Mike. Prison Mike talking about what prison was like and how the worst part of prison was the Dementors and that whole scene. One of the best Office scenes of all time. I saw Twitter. It's one of those times where everybody made the same joke on Twitter, and I laughed at every single one of them because the comparison was perfect. But beyond that, I also felt like this was good for Dominic's character. For so long, he comes across as, you know, Rey Mysterio's little boy. But now, if he's acting all prison tough with a teardrop and really trying to come across as more of a, of a man, not just Rey Mysterio's little son, not little Dominic from the SummerSlam match back in the day, but Dom Mysterio, who's a man that's ready to fight. If they make him more feisty of a character, almost like Butch was early on, where he just attacks at will, I think it's going to be great for his character. He's already got tons of heat, so if you make him a jail... A, a former you know, ex, if you make him a guy who thinks he's tough because he's been in jail, I think that's going to be great for his character. So I really liked all this Dominic Mysterio stuff. I'm, I, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Next, there was a, a video package highlighting Bronson Reed, but there wasn't really too much to dig into with that one. So let's get to the main event, Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory for the United States title. Uh, this match didn't really feel like it got going until the final stretch of the show. Rollins then tried to hit a buckle bomb, but his knee kind of like gave out, tried it again after that, but the tweak threw him off. And this became the story for the closing minutes of the match. Rollins hit a superplex after that and tried to connect with the Falcon Arrow, but Theory reversed it for a near fall. Rollins attempted a stomp, but Theory moved out of the way and seemed to be leaving the arena trying to get himself counted out. Rollins hobbled after him through the crowd and brought Austin back to the ring, then hit a frog splash for a near fall. More damage to that knee than in the final moments. The ref got knocked down. 
Uh, Rollins is hurt me. Kept holding him back. He hit a pedigree for a near fall, but but he had trouble making it in time for a pin due to landing on his knee. Then tried to hit the stomp. But Theory reversed it and hit a low blow while the new ref wasn't looking. Theory hit the A-Town down after that and got the pinfall victory over Seth Rollins. Good match. Not sure it tops the match they had uh, not too long ago. That one was a bit more of a banger, but this was just as entertaining. Well, I'd say like a notch below that. A little bit less entertaining because it did take them a little bit to get into things. Now, I hope Rollins isn't actually hurt because he did look to be in pain initially when that tweak happened you can hear him kind of uh, yelp out so hopefully everything's good there you don't want to get an injury right before wrestlemania you don't want to get an injury ever but especially right before wrestlemania we saw that just happen to aj styles don't want the same thing to happen to seth rollins he is one of the most reliable performers on the grandest stage of them all. So hopefully everything's okay there. He continued to wrestle afterwards, but he was leaning into that knee injury. I'm not sure if he was just doing that because it, it worked with everything they were doing or if it was legit, uh, but hopefully everything is okay there. Uh, now that Theory has beat Rollins, I do wonder where they go from here with this story. Um, it is running out of steam a little bit. I mean, I guess... I guess they could do another one, um, but this is exactly my problem with there only being one big title on the show. This is why you need a world title. I think that there can be only so many people fighting for this U.S. title. There's only, um, there's just I don't know. I just it's it's run out of steam, and I think Seth needs to move to something else. But what would Seth move on to? There's no world title to move on to. There's not even a just like what's he gonna move on to, you know? I think that to me, I assume that the hurt business is coming back with Bobby Lashley very soon, and that they're gonna get involved in the United States title scene again. Um, maybe they'll just get get involved with Seth, and and they'll go from there, and that'll kind of like push Seth further down the babyface route, while Bobby Lashley goes harder into being a heel, but then. I do wonder what happens with Theory after that. Who's one of the top people that would feud with Theory? A uh, lot of questions to come up uh, as we get closer and closer to the Royal Rumble, but not a lot of answers in this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Definitely more questions than answers coming out of this show. Lastly, here's a portion of the SmackDown Roundup. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. At the Royal Rumble. I'm super hyped about it. I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. All the matches that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns had before were great. I'm super stoked that we're back there again. Uh, I don't think that that, that Kevin Owens is going to win the title there. But I do think that it's going to play a pivotal part in the next... In, in the storylines leading up to WrestleMania. And everything going on with Roman Reigns and Sammy and the Usos. And maybe a special uh, guest uh, family member. Okay, moving on. Uh, after the break, Charlotte pulled up in a dope car. And her return later in the show got hyped up. And then we got Kofi Kingston versus Santos Escobar. A confrontation from earlier in the day was shown before the match 
where Santos approached him during an interview. Santos told Kofi that he's looking forward to eliminating him from the Rumble. Uh, the sun is setting on the New Day. As far as the match itself, Kofi started firing up late in the match after an awesome stomp and then hit the boom drop, but Legato got involved and the numbers were too much, allowing Santos to hit the Phantom Driver for the win. Pretty big win here for Santos Escobar, and I really did like this match. It was cool to see Lucha Kofi doing his thing. He's one of those guys who wrestles good matches with literally everyone, and this was no different. Uh, I'm not sure what I think about Santos beating a former world champion and a current NXT tag champion, just like as a personal preference, but it wasn't a clean victory, so I don't think anyone should get too bent out of shape about this, because really, it was just a good match that had good action within and, you know, this win does help build up Santos Escobar. I think that they've done a really good job of making Santos Escobar look like a star since he's been brought up to SmackDown. And getting a win over someone like Kofi, who is a former world champion, definitely cannot hurt him at all. But I did, you know, I, 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 I feel like you know him being a former world champion needs to be taken into consideration a little more when people are pinning him. Um, that's a that's a former world champion. I don't think that that his you know even though his world title reign was a few years ago now, I still think there are people who hold it in very high regard. So I think a win over Kofi does mean a lot. But like I said, nothing to get too bent out of shape about. It wasn't a clean win and. You know, Kofi is so beloved by the fans that I don't think any loss really hurts any any member of New Day whatsoever. After that, a stressed Sami Zayn is shown trying to get in the Bloodline locker room, but Hall, but Paul <laughs> Hall Heyman, <laughs> but Paul Heyman tells him that now is not the time. Paul also reminds Sami that life in the Bloodline. Staying three steps ahead as a dejected Sammy looks to be thinking about what he said. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Sammy Zayn, even though I told you my prediction uh, at the top. We'll talk more a little more about Sammy Zayn when we get to the actual apology. But first, we had Liv Morgan declaring herself for the Royal Rumble. And she also said that she loves chaos, so she'd love to start at number one. I actually think that's a really good plan. You know, so often, too, the number one spot is a surprise, you know. Uh, but I actually, you know, maybe they'll just, not to make it too obvious, they won't give her the number one, but they'll put Liv at number two now instead. But either way, I think a Liv Morgan Royal Rumble run where she goes from nearly the beginning to nearly the end is something I would love to see for the Women's Royal Rumble. She had a huge year in 2022. She has continued to keep that momentum alive since losing the title. People still believe in her. People still are big fans of Liv Morgan. So I thought it was smart to highlight that she's going to be in the Royal Rumble and potentially early in the match. I would love to see that for her. I think that Liv Morgan is someone who is so beloved by people 
that having her run the gauntlet like that, well, maybe not. I don't think she's going to win the whole Royal Rumble. But if she, if she's like one of the first and makes it till the end, she will gain so much out of it. And I think that she has the ability to do that. I mean, obviously that takes some stamina. And I think it takes some creativity to continually be making things interesting. And I think, you know, a babyface who's doing that needs to be someone who fans really will continue to cheer for that long. Will continue to be sold on the idea of that person winning the Royal Rumble to well they'll to where they will follow uh, they will follow along on the ride to possibly seeing it happen. So I think that Liv Morgan is someone the fans will continue to cheer for from beginning to the end, even if she doesn't necessarily make it. So I really did like the idea of her announcing ahead of time that you might see something like that. Next, LA Knight was interviewed about his upcoming pitch black match. Knight says he feels good about Bray Wyatt's plan blowing up in his face last week. And at the end of the night at Royal Rumble, everyone will be talking about him, not Bray Wyatt. I gotta say, man, LA Knight has done such a fan-freaking-tastic job of selling this match. He also, there was a promo he was in that was an advertisement uh, that he posted on his social media. But it was great, dude. Like, he has really, because you gotta look at this 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 whole story. Like, Bray Wyatt is has got this whole deep, dark, twisted uh, lore that's being built up here. There's a whole movie we're seeing play. There was a whole movie we're seeing play. uh, Excuse me. There's a whole movie we are seeing play out with Bray Wyatt. And L.A. Knight is just seemingly uh, a scene of this long movie that we're seeing with Bray Wyatt. But I think that as far as like, selling this match is concerned like I don't know if any of the stuff we've seen with Bray Wyatt is necessarily like selling this match it's telling an interesting story but I don't know if it's been selling any matches if that makes any sense but what has been selling the match itself has been LA Knight LA Knight has made me want to see this match LA Knight has talked me into being excited about this match I want to see First of all, what this match is. Because we still got no details on what a pitch black match is. But they at least said there are no rules in this match. No disqualification, pinfall, submission only. Um, I don't think it's going to be in the dark. Because then we as fans wouldn't be able to see it. But I'm interested nonetheless as to what this actual match is. But all that aside, like the way LA Knight has his confidence has continued to grow with each segment that he has been in with Bray Wyatt has been fantastic to see and just to the segments that he's been in at all I think that you know I don't know if I said this before but I always feel like in order for someone to become the best version of themselves in their career they need someone to believe in them they need someone to believe that they can take them further they need someone to they need to creative people need someone to, to believe in their abilities so that they can believe in their abilities. And you I, I just you can see the fact that Triple H has given LA Knight the ball here, given him a huge opportunity at bat against Bray Wyatt in his return, and said, Hey, you want to try and outshine Bray Wyatt? Go for it. I love it, dude, because LA Knight, I I don't know, I wouldn't say outshine is the word, but he has easily risen to the level 
of Bray Wyatt. I want to see whatever the hell this pitch black match is going to be. I wonder if it's going to be a cinematic match. I don't know. I'm interested. And I really would say that I would give a lot of the credit in my interest of this match itself to LA Knight and the promo work that he has done to sell me into wanting to watch him possibly, possibly defeat Bray Wyatt. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm loving the Bray Wyatt storyline. Loving it. I'm just saying they're, they really do two, they really do feel like two separate things. There's this Bray Wyatt storyline and there's this match itself. And there's one person really who has talked me into the match. Making me want to see these two guys wrestle. That's LA Knight. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and SmackDown roundups every week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out. I put a lot of work into them. So I hope that you're enjoying them. And if you are enjoying them, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I think you can only leave an actual review on Apple Podcasts, but leave a, a rating on Spotify. Just let people know you like this show, please. I want more people to listen to it. <laughs> also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on videos so go subscribe to the wwe on fox youtube channel there's also clips from ron smackdown there there's clips from out of character there's youtube shorts there's a community tab everything that you would want out of a youtube channel in wrestling is there on the wwe on fox youtube channel so go make sure you subscribe and also follow wwe on fox on social media twitter facebook instagram tiktok we're on all of them so make sure you are following us there. All right. You go have a great Sunday, and we'll be back Monday, tomorrow, to talk about Monday Night Raw once over.